0: But COVID is kind of unique in that one of its effects is to depress the innate immune system. So we're seeing that if people didn't kick it in that first seven days or so, they were much more likely to end up with pneumonia and needing hospitalization. And then the outcomes were much more negative if they got to that point. So, avoiding the pneumonia, avoiding the whole cytokine storm, all of that stuff that's so complicated when the disease progresses past that first week of symptoms, it becomes very important. And yet this is the part of the disease when nobody's talking about what you can do. Because wearing a mask and washing your hands and self-isolating doesn't do a thing for your body to fight COVID in that first seven days, right? So, I thought it was just really amazing that people should understand this. And then, what the things that really can help support your innate immune system so it can be more effective and help to get ahead of that viral infection instead of the viral infection getting ahead of it are very simple things. These hot and cold therapies, like
1: even a contrast hot. Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued and said heck yes, to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now I'm among the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Nice to see you here. I'm Sabrina, your host for the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. And today we have the lovely Lucia Tiffany joining us. And she is a nurse who is certified life coach as well and author of the cookbook, flavors of health. She seeks to empower women, especially those dealing with type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetes, to take charge of their own health and immunity system to be more effective fighting off diseases, right? Especially more crucial now more than ever. And she's a natural educator with 50 plus years of experience in lifestyle education, which gives her a strong background for addressing weak immunity system as well as chronic lifestyle diseases. And her plant based cooking shows have been featured on 3A, BN Global Christian TV Network in English, Spanish, and French. That's so amazing. I can't wait for Lucia to tell us more about herself and her whole deal on boosting your immunity. All right. Thank you so much,
0: Sabrina. It's such a privilege to be on here with you today. And I just really want to say thank you for this opportunity to serve your community. As health professionals, we all need each other. And I just love your emphasis on what we need to do to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. I just think that's amazing. And I'm so glad you're in the space doing this.
1: I'm so happy that you're able to join us today and to share your wonderful messages. So, of course, I can only summarize a little bit about you. Why don't you tell us more about your own journey? How did you come from a nurse and go into life coaching and really want to focus on immunity health?
0: Okay, that's a really good question. And to really answer that, I need to take you back in time to when I was, oh, a preschooler, maybe three or four years old. And I remember standing up in the bathroom, coming out of a tub of nice warm water after my bath, and begging my mom for the cold water pour. Because you see, from the time I was an infant, my mother always ended our warm baths with a pitcher full of cold water over our heads. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people maybe necessarily Grew up doing that sort of thing, but my mom was special. She was also a nurse and she was actually trained in nursing at Loma Linda University back in the 1950s. That was back when they were still teaching nurses how to use hydrothermal therapies effectively for pain, for healing, for the prevention of disease. And one of those things that is really simple but boosts your immune system immensely is finishing a hot bath with a cold pour or a cold rinse. And so I grew up in a household where we talked about these kinds of things on a daily basis and practiced them. So it kind of came natural to me to always be interested in how our lifestyle choices affected our health. My dad was a physician. And so, you know, dinner table talk was about, you know, what was going on in the body, you know, diseases, cases that he was working with at the hospital. And so it was really easy for me to be integrated into the health education that my parents started doing in their communities as they learn more and more about preventive medicine. My dad's always been very interested in that and in fact, he went back to school in the 70s to get his master's in public health. And so we spent a lot of my growing up years as a family doing community health education where we teach people the habits for having a better health. And so I've always been very interested in that and very interested in how the body works. And, you know, I find that today so many people really don't have a clue about how the innards operate. And that can even go for some health professionals, because even as health professionals, we're taught certain things in school, but especially when it comes to lifestyle and prevention of disease, that tends to be a weaker area in many curriculums, not all, but many. And so I find that the things that I grew up with and then that I continued learning about and doing training on and education were often things that were widely known, both inside and outside of the healthcare profession. And so I've just always been fascinated by that. And I just love seeing the impact that positive choices make on people's health and how they feel and how they're able to go through life. So that's kind of how I got started.
1: That's amazing from your personal experience. You know, what's funny is that the hydrotherapy part, half really made the big, right? Like the cold showers, mm. the cold bath, right? That people have these challenges coming out, especially a few years ago. And ourselves in cardiovascular wise, for anybody mm. who had a heart attack, right? Am I might, uh, when people get into a place, we have to decrease their temperature to help decrease that metabolism, right? Protect their brain until Mm -hmm. they start recuperating and then we start Mm. additional treatment. So there's so much thing going on, but it's not really widely talked about or practiced. So it's really exciting for you to share that with us. Yeah, I just think it's
0: so exciting. You know, like, I guess I got more interested in especially this immunity link, starting with COVID, because my, you know, I had been working in health education and helping people to reverse chronic lifestyle disease. But then when COVID happened, I'm like, wow, this is really top of mind for everybody. How does this work? And what are things that people can do? And I was like, you know, I feel so convicted and so passionate about the fact that we need to go beyond the mask when it comes to protecting ourselves and our families from COVID-19. You know, we all know about the mask and washing hands and self-isolation, all those things that are widely dispersed through the media. But there's so many things that we have complete control over that most people don't know they can do to help their bodies to fight off COVID even if they get it you know, I was very interested in following some of the research early on in this epidemic. And people started looking at historically, what can we learn from previous epidemics that might be useful here? And Dr. Roger Schwald, who's a pulmonologist out of Loma Linda University, I don't know if you know him, some of you might be acquainted with him. He runs the YouTube channel MedCram, very popular with medical students and and so on. But he's also one of the most evidence-based information resources out there when it comes to practical applications of medical principles. And one of the things he brought out early in this pandemic, and when I heard that, I was like, oh man, people really need to hear about this, was they were looking at mortality rates from COVID-19 in Scandinavian countries. And what they were seeing like in April and May was that in Finland, the mortality rates were like half that of the rest of Scandinavia. And so they were like, what is the difference? And, you know, ethnically, they're very similar. The genetics are similar. Lifestyles and nutrition and all that sort of thing is very similar across Scandinavia. But they were looking at one of the really biggest differences in Finland, and that is the use of the sauna, and although all the Scandinavian countries used saunas, the Finnish are like fanatical about it, right? In fact, they find that most Finns are using the sauna three to four times a week on a regular basis. And in fact, there are so many saunas in Finland that you could put the whole population of Finland in a sauna at the same time and there'd be enough saunas. The average number of saunas is like one per household. And so they were hypothesizing that that a hot and cold to the body, which is like uh, inducing a little bit of hypothermia, a little bit of a fever from the heat, and then finishing with that cold dip in the snow or the river or you know just a cold bunch of water, but that those contrast treatments really had an effect on the immune system. And to me, it was very interesting that as we studied the progression of the COVID infection, looking at China, which was the first kind of information we had early on, and looking at the course of the disease, what came out in research that we already had by like April and May was that from infection to symptoms was often about a week, five days, five to seven days. And then you had usually about a week of symptoms before someone either got well or got worse and had to go to the hospital. And in that one week, what's really interesting about that is that that is the portion of the disease when your body's innate immune system is fighting. That's when it's on high alert. It's that nonspecific part of the immune system that just attacks foreign viruses and bacteria, right? And so in that first week of symptoms, before people are sick enough to go to the hospital or get treatment that is when the body's innate immune system needs to fight off COVID. But COVID is kind of unique in that one of its effects is to depress the innate immune system. So we're seeing that if people didn't kick it in that first seven days or so, they were much more likely to end up with pneumonia and needing hospitalization. And then the outcomes were much more negative if they got to that point. So avoiding the pneumonia, avoiding the whole cytokine storm, all of that stuff that's so complicated when the disease progresses past that first week of symptoms, it becomes very important. And yet this is the part of the disease when nobody's talking about what you can do. Because wearing a mask and washing your hands and self-isolating doesn't do a thing for your body to fight COVID in that first seven days, right? So I thought it was just really amazing that people should understand this. And then what the things that really can help support your innate immune system so it can be more effective and help to get ahead of that viral infection instead of the viral infection getting ahead of it are very simple things. These hot and cold therapies, like even a contrast hot and cold shower every day, those kinds of things actually boost those natural killer cells, boost the action of the white blood cells, and enable them to kill, to engulf, to get rid of more of these viruses. And like hot packs to the chest, hot and cold packs to the chest actually change the pH of the respiratory system. And it makes it a little bit more acidic. And we find that interferon, which is your body's best first line defense against viruses specifically, it activates interferon when that pH drops a little. So here we see. Not that these treatments like cure COVID or kill COVID, that's not what it does, but it helps your body to be more effectively fight it. And of course, nutrition is important. Things like avoiding sugar because sugar just puts that innate immune system to sleep. You know, 25 teaspoons of sugar will drop phagocytosis of a white blood cell from 14 an hour to zero. And at 25 teaspoons of sugar, that's like one banana split. So if people understood that those choices about what go in their mouth in terms of things like simple sugars and its direct impact on their ability to fight disease, that's empowering because then they can decide how they want to implement that. So, you know, that's when I thought, okay, this is time to get some of these messages out to people because people really aren't hearing that. And I think that's so important. And that's when I put together my three-step process to help people get on that road to taking charge of their immune system. Because I just think that's like key and that's something that people have control over. When people feel anxious and fearful and out of control, like we have with this whole situation, giving people information that helps them take back control of their life I think that's just immense. And I think that for us as healthcare professionals, that becomes even more critical because not only do we need to take care of ourselves, but we need that sense of control and empowerment to be at our best to serve others. I think this is a message that we need to get out widely for uh, many different groups of people. But I focused on those who are already immunocompromised, especially because they have some chronic lifestyle disease like prediabetes or diabetes, because they've already got you know some counts against them, and they need this so vitally.
1: Yeah, so, so well said. And you brought out so many good points. And one thing is, I cover the COVID IMU, so the intermediate units sometimes Mm. Most people, we do give them prophylactic antibiotics just for that reason you were talking about, especially if they're within a window. And if they're within a window to do a trial, yes, there's additional medication we can help to support them. And they are feeling sick, despite how much isolation, right? We still have the fear of contracting and to be able to... uh, what I see in some of the nurses or healthcare professionals before they even leave the hospital, they swap out their clothes or mm-hmm. right, into something clean before they carry it into their home. But even yes. like, all these smaller things we have to be considering. And what I love what you mentioned is that the fins doing these saunas, yes, in mm-hmm. the US, we don't have a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, some of the gym has them. But even just taking that cold and hot shower, what yes. I do in the morning, even though I don't like cold shower, but I'll <laughs> get my hot, blasting shower and that mm-hmm. very end of 30 seconds, now turn to cold and even yes. just like rinse yes. myself out there, right? It yes. still helps. And then take oh, yeah. bath. Yes. Yes,
0: that's awesome. You know, hot and cold is very tonic for the immune system, but it's interesting to see studies where they've actually seen like full cold baths as stimulating that innate immune system even more. But that's not something everybody's willing to do. But you know, my mother is 91 years old and she is an amazing woman and she still takes regular, completely cold showers. And she has not been sick at all, this year, she has not so much as gotten a sore throat or a cough. And she's been under a lot of stress because my dad had a stroke last summer and we're doing his home care and he can't transfer himself or stand by himself or, you know, and he needs help for pretty much everything except he can feed himself. And so that's been a lot of extra work for her, a lot of extra emotional stress because he's had a lot of cognitive decline with this. And so, you know, they're, for their whole marriage, this is probably been one of the more difficult times for her. And yet, in spite of all that additional stress, which of course depresses your immune system somewhat as well, she has been doing really fantastically. And um, one of them is that she's very careful to eat well. She does her cold showers really loves to exercise. She's not gotten as much as she's used to since my dad's care requires more time indoors with him. But still, she has built a bit of a reservoir, I think, over the years with her healthy habits. And it's really paying off for her at this time when she's needing to call on her reserves more. So I want to encourage you, like, no matter what age you are, it's never too late to start implementing some of these great techniques. So, you know, there are like three things that I tell people that can help get them started on their path. I call it GPS. It's like GPS for your journey to better health, right? So GPS is our modern version of the map. When I was a kid, we used to do road trips and I was always the navigator in the family from the time I was about six or seven. I got the map and my dad would drive and, and I would be the one saying, OK, when we get to this highway, we need to go east or south or north or whatever. And I loved maps. It was like a journey that you could go on in your head even before you got there. And so I love maps. So I thought, oh, you know, we need a map to better health or to better immune health. If we want to take charge, it's like, what do we do to get on top of that? And so the GPS stands for the three steps that I like to share with people that they can do to take charge. The first one is to get a baseline. In other words, you need to know where you are when you start your journey, right? And so, I developed a free tool that people can use called your infection risk assessment. It has a lot of objective information that helps to give you a score, like numbers, and you can look at where the areas that you need to improve and compare your numbers to optimal numbers. And so, you know, where you're most out of whack, where you're least out of whack. The items, there's about 16 things in the assessment, and most of them you can just do on your own at home. Some of it's really simple, like your weight and your height and your BMI and your waist to hip ratios and things like that, that help to identify risk factors for chronic lifestyle diseases. And all of these chronic lifestyle diseases impact your ability to fight disease. So that's why I think it's important for people to know where they are when they start. It also gives you objective reference for later on if you make changes and then you want to compare and see how you improve, you have a way to measure your improvement. And I don't know about you but for me I like numbers.
1: <laughs>
0: and yeah.
1: <laughs> That's so true, right? And that's why like, I ask our speakers, mm-hmm. one of the assessments I do with my clients, same thing, I go into a hundred question deep dive on what mm. are the things that actually are the killer in preventing you having this harmony in your work performance and life. And just like what Lucia also did for us is all speakers on my show, they do mm. a mini version mm-hmm. of that just to get them thinking self-reflecting because no matter how much of expert we are, We all need to look at where our time frame now is and then how we wanted to perceive. So her tool is definitely something is so useful. Knowing what your scores are in your immunity, so you know, hey, am I doing good? I'm okay, or do I really need to work on something? Without these reflecting tools, yeah. we might just be thinking we're doing pretty well, but not knowing how come we're still kind of not okay, where we're often getting this cough and cold lingering and never goes away. So we'll we'll discuss specifically a uh, result just a little bit but I want to hear her second point. Okay, so the second step is pick a
0: destination. So when you know where you are, then you need to pick where you're going. And so that can be either short-term or long-term goals. And you probably want some of both. But using the assessment tool helps you to see the areas that maybe are most out of whack and that you might be able to get a big impact by attacking first. So it helps you to prioritize what you want to do. Like, is the first thing I should focus on maybe doing things that help me lose weight? Or do I need to focus on things that help me normalize my blood sugars? Or do I need to focus on things that drop my cholesterol levels and my triglycerides? So there are a few lab tests that are included in this assessment assessment. Most of them are things that you would probably have from your annual physical. And as a health professional, a lot of us have access to easily getting lab work that we want on demand. But even if you don't, for any reason, I have a resource in there where you can go online and order your own lab work, take it to any Quest lab, and you don't even have to see a doctor, wait for an appointment, do anything like that. And it's a really good price. So There's all the resources you need to get the objective data for filling out your assessment. So, with the prioritization piece, because in the assessment, you have what your optimal levels are for each one of the test or assessment data points. And then you can score it from zero is it's optimal or one, no, one is optimal, sorry. And then two, three, or four, like how far out it is in different ranges. So, it's easy for you to see okay, do I have some fours? The fours I need to really attack and take care of those, get those back. And the wonderful thing about it is when you use lifestyle to work on those priority areas, it will help all of the areas simultaneously. It's not like you work on one that nothing else happens. No, other things will happen as well. Just for a quick example, last summer with all the stress of coming out to deal with my dad, I mean, we lived in Michigan, they lived in California, and we ended up moving out here over the last year to help them. So I had a lot of stress, my routine was out, my nutritional choices were not what I always had at home, my best choices. And I found that my fasting blood sugars were going up because I come from a family with lots of diabetics. And so I've always been kind of keeping an eye on that because I didn't want to get into that problem. But I started seeing my fasting blood sugars go up and I'm like, well, I've got to do something about that. And one of the things I needed. To do was get closer to my ideal weight because it was easy to put on weight when I was getting enough exercise and so on. And so, you know, I found that as I have dropped like 20 pounds, I have normalized my blood sugars. And so I don't have to take any medication, I have to do anything, but I just have to be intentional about my choices. And it's not like it's been difficult. I don't starve myself. I don't do anything that I can't do sustainably for a very long time, like the rest of my life. So these are really effective things that we can implement as we learn how to address those areas. So that's
1: the step two. That's perfect. That's (laughs) awesome. If you think about a goal setting, Mm. even in life, no matter what you do, you need to have that clear destination, what it look like, right? That is your internal compass to build a path toward that. What we don't want to do is pick multiple paths and feeling like that will eventually get you there. And then you get distracted because that one or two path you worked might not have gotten you enough result and you felt discouraged. So it's really crucial knowing, hey, what is the things that we needed to work on short term so I can get that short win and encourage me to move on to the next thing. Yeah. So this is awesome. I know we have to wrap okay. up soon, but we really wanted to hear uh, Lucia's third point and then we can wrap up on how her reflection is on her whole life.
0: Okay. So the third point is ask me, did she get a baseline? P, pick a destination. And S is set up a plan. How are you going to get from where you are to where you want to go? And people can take different paths to that. Some people like to do self-education. You want to go Google it and look on the internet and find out ways to address that. Some people want to do it faster, like learn from somebody that's already done it. And so you can find somebody to work with that might be able to encourage you and help you with strategy setting. Or maybe you want to really just get in there and do the whole thing and get yourself a coach. So there's different ways you can do that, but you want to make sure that you you set up a plan so that you can get to the goals that you've set in step two. And I just think that that's so important. So everybody can get started on that first step by just Getting this copy of the free assessment that I have, and I think that Sabrina's got a link for that. And um, it is really simple. It is a bitly b i t dot l y my infection risk and the first letter of every word is capitalized. My Infection Risk, M, capital M-I-N-R. So that's an easy place that you can do that. So yeah,
1: that's just something I want to encourage you to do. Yeah, that's lovely. Go forward. Lovely. So everyone, make sure you go take that assessment so you know where your immunity is laced and what you need to focus on. Before we wrap up, we wanted to ask Ms. Tiffany on what she think when she took her life assessment to find out what is the number one killer in preventing her to have that true satisfaction and harmony in her life and so any reflections on things that surprised you or things you wanted to change right now? <laughs> well, thank you, Sabrina.
0: I really enjoyed taking the assessment. I thought it was really fun. And it was very interesting making make you think about different areas of your life, some of which you might not think about all the time. And so it pretty much came out kind of like I expected in that like I was kind of aware of where my strengths were and some of my weak areas. And health and fitness was one where I'm working on that, but I've definitely made strides in that, even since I took your assessment. So I think it's really helpful to get that baseline that she's offering you that's more of a whole life assessment and then figure out what are the areas I need to work on. Because I do think everybody needs to be really clear on what their priorities are. And we can't effectively work in a hundred different things at once. So just like Sabrina said, I agree. You need to pick the areas of your life that need the at most attention first to have the highest priority, the biggest long term impact, and so on. And let's get those things under control.
1: That's amazing. Thanks everyone for listening. For our listeners for podcasts, if you love this episode, we would love for you to give us a review. What is one thing you took away from this episode that you love about? And what are something that we can add more into your life, into topics and love to share with other people who would also benefit from this. And thank you so much, Lucia, for sharing your wisdom. And I know I definitely going to go take that assessment. <laughs> I encourage everyone Everybody to do that as well. So until next time, bye-bye, guys.
0: Bye-bye, and thank you so much, Sabrina. I love being here with you and your, your wonderful community.
1: All right, my friend, how did you love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg. You probably have a lot more question on actually how do I implement those things into my own life? Well, this is the solution. Joining us inside the private Facebook group, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash powerful passionate where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate where you no longer working on any mundane work and truly focusing on the things that matter. You can be both powerful and passionate where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. You can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.